HVAC 360, episode number 44, BIM and Beyond. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. This week, I'm going to talk about a topic that's kind of uh, struck my struck my interest a little bit uh, recently. It's uh, BIM. Uh, if you're not familiar with what BIM is, it is uh, building information modeling. Uh, basically, it's a digital representation of the physical and functional characteristics of a facility. Uh, and, and basically, it's just kind of a way to, you know, share knowledge. I think a lot of people have different, you know, conceptions of what BIM is and, uh, you know, you, what you're supposed to do with it. Uh, because, I mean, you can take a very limited uh, view of BIM. Um, and, and what I mean by that is that you can think about BIM only as a drawing tool uh, to, uh, to, to, you know, to, to look at, you know, different systems and, and to... Uh, produce an end product for a owner uh, that is a, a sort of an integrated design. So, but I think it's a lot, you know, it's, it, it, there's a lot of information out there, and it's really a lot more than that, or it's the, the, the possibilities are a lot greater than that. I mean, think about the expansion of, of just, you know, where drawing has come from. And I, I kind of wanted to kind of step through that process with you a little bit um, uh, to kind of describe it. Uh, the one thing you'll, you'll find out uh, fairly early about BIM is they, you know, they talk about uh, the dimensions of, of BIM. And what, what they mean by that is basically, you know, you have, you have your two-dimensional drawings uh, you have a three-dimensional drawing, which which becomes more of a, a, a representation of the building itself. It's not. It's not. Uh, uh, you're not dealing with a flat uh, 2D uh, drawing. You now have a, a 3D model of the building. Uh, but you know they don't stop there. They actually add different dimensions above and beyond that. So you'll hear things uh, like a uh, like a 4D BIM model or a 5D BIM model or even a 6D BIM model. So I in kind of in brief, you know, if you think about the model, uh you got your you got your two dimensions, three dimensions. That's pretty uh pretty easy to understand. I think most most everybody who's who's drawing building understands three dimensions. Okay, that's fine. So, so what's this fourth dimension? Where does that come in? Uh, the fourth dimension is actually uh, more like a, a integration for uh, construction, kind of a a, a time schedule. Uh, so you can integrate time into the BIM model. So, okay, you know, you, when you think about a uh, a Gantt chart, you have you know your predecessors and your successors, and and all those sort of links that link tasks. Like you can't put drywall before you frame a wall. Or you can't put a you can't put the uh, the structure up until you uh, you know prep these prep the site uh, for the foundation work. So there's a certain sequence that it has to follow, and that's where the 4D the time comes in. So you can actually you know build this model, and then theoretic and then in practice actually say, okay, well here's how it's actually gonna gonna work out in the schedule based on you know the pieces parts that the model is made up of. So when you take a look at uh, that's the 4D, you take a look at 5D. 5D now adds a, a layer of of cost estimation into it, so you can actually figure out okay, you know what, 
you know, here's what's actually gonna gonna cost for uh, you know so many doors or so many you know uh, so many you know so many precast panels or or light switches or or pounds of ductwork things like that. And the one nice thing, interesting thing that you can do with that is you can actually, as you've extrapolated upon this this time continuum, you can see how much money you're spending. You know, as you're going through construction. So it's you know it, that's just one of the uses of, of the you know the fourth and fifth dimension, so to speak, because um, I you know I, I'm kind of breezing through it. I don't want to belabor the point, but I just want to make you aware that these extra dimensions. When you talk about BIM, you'll start hearing these these extra dimensions being mentioned. Um, the sixth dimension, which is is a particular interest to me, um, you know, being a commissioning agent. Um, or commissioning authority, rather, is that uh, it deals with the facility management. Um, really, it, it kind of says, okay, you know, the five dimensions up to this point have kind of gotten the building built, and now let's take it into the sixth dimension and actually use that information to be able to maintain that facility. Uh, because obviously there's a lot of information that's out there, uh, and it's very useful for, you know, to those facility managers. So... Let's step back a little bit, you know, go back to the drawing board, so to speak, and talk about, you know, how this uh, drawing process has kind of evolved a little bit. So you, you, you basically, you start off with your drafting boards and your, you know, and your pencils, erasers, and all that, uh, all those sort of uh, accessories that you had. And that was, that was, that was basic. I mean, that was, you know, you had, you had, you know, at the time, you know, you, you thought through things because, you know, if you made a mistake and, and, you know, you did it in pencil, then you put it in ink and it was, it was set, you you know, you, you, it would, uh, it was a lot of effort to actually make those changes. I don't speak from experience because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not that old, but, you know, I've talked to people who actually, you know, did that. And, you know, you really had to plan things out. Uh, and you know you can even talk to some of the you know the, the you know some of the previous episodes with uh, um, you know say uh, um, with um, Jim Wickert and, you know I mean that's that's what they had to live through you know they they got a, a background from a from an architect a literal piece of paper and then they kind of overlaid their stuff to say okay here's where it's gonna you know here's where it's 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 actually my ductwork's actually going to go and they went through this painstaking you know process of actually getting everything down but they did a lot of thinking and a lot of sketching ahead of time and and just you know it wasn't just kind of thrown on there just to get it on the drawing and then moved around afterwards it was planned out then drawn out sometimes erased two or three times and then finally they get the the you know the whole thing set up and then you you went ahead and 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 ink the drawing so when you moved into uh, computers, you know, a lot of different things, uh, a lot of different things happened. You know, now you're able to kind of replicate mistakes rather rapidly uh, because you could take something, say, uh, as common as a detail. Uh, you wouldn't have to redraw the detail every single time. Um, you know, not, not that they necessarily would before, but, you know, you could take that detail and you could put it on multiple projects and it may not be applicable. You know, there might be things there that refer to hydronic heat when it's an all-electric job. So y- y- you really have to be aware that, you know, those were some of the things that started working their way in 
to design. And, you know, people thought, you know, okay, great, computers. You're using computers now. You should be able to, you know, get these drawings out much, much quicker. Well, you know what? It it actually made things worse because now you couldn't sit down and think about laying out a, laying out a job. Now you were actually, you know, going through and drawing. And the fact that, you know, the younger people, it was the, the younger generation um, that was learning how to use the computers rather than maybe s- some designers who were, you know, older. Maybe they just retired and they didn't give these, you know, they didn't educate the younger engineers as, as much as they should to be able to properly lay out a system before, you know, just, uh, you know, starting to draw. You know, they, they get, they want to fill up the page. They want to, you know, make sure that they get everything down and they think they have it, uh, you know, they have everything and uh, they just go ahead and draw. When you really need to stop and think about you know what's going to be important, okay, I got to make sure that my path is right, that I have enough space, that I do some coordination to make sure that you know the structural components aren't going to be in the way when I run my ductwork, things like that that you need to make sure that that, that you did ahead of time, uh, that you need to you needed to think about, and then you know you get into this whole three D uh, you know uh, fiasco. And and you know it was it's 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 really great, but the the learning curve is so hard, uh, you know for you know for some people, and uh, you know frankly I can I can completely understand. There's so much information that you know when you first start using these products that just come out on the market. There's so much information out there that you need to actually you know fill in. I mean, if you think about you know in in a, in a when you're drawing in a pencil. You know, you draw a line or a couple of lines that represented a wall. That's all there was to it. You know, now you 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 draw it in two D. You know, okay, relatively the same thing. But you know what? You could actually, you know, that you might not get it to the right scale. You might, you know, draw it in the wrong place. Uh, you may draw it in a place that it doesn't line up with with the rest of the people who are drawing electronically. You know, you work into three dimensions, and all of a sudden you have to put a you have to put a height into it. And if you're putting more and more information, all of a sudden you're saying, well, you know, this this wall actually represents, uh, you know, something that's this thick, and it's made up of uh, these components. And these components and materials cost this much, so you really kind of uh, there's a lot of things that that go into you know this this 3D version this this BIM version of a building you know that's I mean uh, I got to be honest when done right is just like ooh ah you know you could fly do a fly through of a building and, and you're like this is unbelievable you, you you do it right once and you you just you know make you know certain cuts to get your floor plan all laid out and it, and you're done and it, that's just incredible but again it goes to that attention to detail that if you have you know gar- basically it's garbage in garbage out um you know the the Geigo principle you know where you you constantly are upping the ante when you go from paper to 2D computers, you know, to 3D computers, you know, I just got to stop here because I, this one, <laughs> this one story really, really, you know, it, it kind of uh, it is, is very poignant. You know, when you're dealing with these computers, um, I, there was this uh, one time we were drawing and, uh, you know, there was a, the power went out and some of the, you know, older uh, drafts people. They actually, or one person in particular, started. You know, nothing better to do, but he went around and he was uh, he was selling you know pencils 
to some of the younger people. He's like, you know, I mean, obviously it was a joke, but he's like, you know, $5 for a pencil, you know, just to uh, just to kind of iterate the point that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, with these computer models, you have the computer and it's such a great tool, but, you know, without power, without certain things, it really is kind of a, just a paperweight. You know, whereas a piece of pen, you know, as long as you could see with a piece of paper, you could actually get down and put your put your ideas down on paper. You know, and I think that with with this whole acceleration of drawing and and you know the the margins being squeezed and less time being being uh, put down, I, I think that you know a lot of people you know are are rushed in thought. You know, and, and it, it's 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 so ironic. I remember I remember times when you know people would say, "Hey, you know what? This this engineer he's not doing anything," and it's like, "Well, you don't understand. He, he it it looks like he's not doing anything, but he's thinking. I mean, thinking looks like doing nothing, you know. But you realize that you know a lot of thought process has to go on when you're thinking about something and you you're problem solving. You're trying to trying to get things done. Um, and and sometimes it just looks like doing nothing, but it's it's really you're 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 doing those uh, very critical pieces um, to solve the puzzle. Um, so I think that uh, the one the one thing that 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 I always liked, you know, whether it was whether it was uh, you know actually you know pencil drawings or two D drawings, um, things were uh, you know it, it was even in the specifications. The drawings are diagrammatic in nature. You know, you're not supposed to scale off the drawings. They're di- they're a representation, a communication of the intent of the engineer or the architect. You know, unless they have it, you know, the 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 dimensions, you know, called out. You're not going to you know pull out a scale and you're not going to measure the drawings. That was that was kind of the rule. But this thing is it's it starts to you know break down now you know i mean with the with the bim model you have you have the designers and the contractors and you're trying to get this this bim uh, process to flow you know from the conceptual design all the way through the contractors because you know and and working for a contractor you realize that you know as an engineer you're like you you draw a drawing and you're like okay build it like this and uh, you know it, it's like well you know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to reinterpret this you know this drawing to actually get you know the, the details like you you don't put in you know you just in in some some of the general notes you say well put in a valve every time there's a you know a branch a main branch well you don't draw it but somebody has to estimate that and the contractor has to get the quantity right to get it in place otherwise they're going to do a bad job. So, you know, there's a point where you're like, okay, well, do it, you know, do it the best you can. You can't do that in BIM. You really need to get everything on the drawing. You need to show where every little detail goes. And I think that a lot of people, you know, especially younger people, may not necessarily know what all the little, you know, details are. They relied on those notes to kind of get them through. And I don't know, necessarily know if there's a, a generation gap that, that you, know, you know, people may not know exactly what goes on a drawing that had been covered by a note before. You know, whether it be like an access door, so have some of those, some of those typical things, you know, every time you have a, a fire damper or a, you know, smoke damper, fire smoke damper, you need an access door. You know, those things are, are, are big general notes that people just take for granted. But when you have a BIM model, you actually have to put that, you know, on, on the model. Otherwise, it's not going to get installed because it's, it's actually what's, what's going to be done. You know, I've, I've seen, 
uh, you know, projects that go along. And, you know, I, I, I'll put a disclaimer in here, and maybe I should put this on the front end. I've never actually drawn in BIM. I mean, I've always just drawn two-dimensionally, and then when I started commissioning, I stopped drawing. Um, so I, I never really drew in BIM, but I've, I've been involved in projects that have used BIM uh, before, and it's a, it's amazing because you still get that 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 detail, uh, you know, that level of detail that's that's missing in the drawings. They only can they only can take it so far. Um, I've had you know uh, uh, when 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 an owner wanted a a you know an as built uh, drawing with uh, in BIM, the basically they they uh, the uh, uh, construction manager took the architects. Uh, BIM model, and he threw out all the mechanical and all the uh, uh, plumbing and electrical, and they just started from scratch. They had the contractors redraw everything. And, you know, this is, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting point. You, you feel like, okay, you know what? I mean, part of the point of BIM is not to do this double entry. It, it's to put the information in right once so that you don't have other people, you know, putting in the wrong information. But, you know, there's a, there's a lack of trust um, and and I think it's it's justified. There's a lack of trust in what an des- engineer designs and what a contractor can actually build. You know, there's there's so many times, and I seem to say this highest compliment a duct, de- you know, a, a, a engineer can have as a duct design is to have it put in exactly how he he drew it, uh, because typically, you know, the contractor is going to find the optimal layout for that duct design and they're going to install it like that and it's going to you know it's going to be you know exactly what the engineer wanted or intended to do but it's going to be in a in a way that's very cost effective so they're going to be able to to do that a lot better i mean basically you should be able to you know you know do your sheet metal uh takeoffs and your your you know your uh you know you'd be able to take it off your bim model and put it into your your uh you know your plasma cutter and you should be able to you know go to town to get the different dimensions you know for the uh you know for these fittings and to be able to get the duct sizes and all that and you should be able to get that accurately off a bim model but but engineers just don't draw like that i mean they never have drawn like that and i think that th- there's going to be this you know this this kind of um you know evolution of how we actually actually draw because you know there again you know you you get away from the the contracting and installing pieces parts um you go into the estimating and you know you, there wouldn't be an estimator alive uh that I know that would that would actually trust an engineer to make sure that he had all the pieces parts in a bim model that he would just say okay well this is all the parts that he had drawn so that's what's going to estimate it be and they they're not going to do that they have this you know this this you know black backlog of knowledge uh of, of putting things together and you know it's it's going to be about you know so many bucks a square foot and you know i mean that's the way it's been done that's the way it turns out you can't argue with you know, predictive. You know this this experience that some of these estimators have. You you just can't argue with it. So there's going to be this 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 kind of transition from you know this engineer taking it all the way through these construction documents. I mean, and this is kind of where you hear the, you know these integrated project delivery. But I I don't, I, th- I think people you know think of integrated project delivery as everybody kind of working in this you know kumbaya kind of everybody get together and sing songs and and get along 
I think it's 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 going to be different than that. I think you're going to have people working together, yes, but you're going to have people with different functions. You know, I can I can envision it uh, that that an architect and an engineer they come up with a general concepts. They come up with okay, I'm going to put it here, and here's where the ductwork's going to be, and then they're going to they're going to hand it off to a detailer because realistically, you know, you have some you have somebody, you know, a position that you're paying in an engineering department. Uh, you having them draw in 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 you know draw it up um you know to you know exactly in bim when you have somebody that a is going to have to estimate it is going to have to construct it in a uh a uh um in a contractor shop you know if they're going to build if they're going to make as belts they're going to throw away everything that an engineer does you know they're going to take the intent so I, I think there's, there's going to be this middle ground, this kind of this ultimately this detailer that's going to be responsible, and and this detailer, I mean, I think that his job function is going to be very very specific. I think he's going to have a lot of actual construction knowledge, um, and he's going to have to you know know exactly you know how to draw and BIM. But he's going to have this practical knowledge to be able to put it all together, saying that, okay, well, the engineer wanted it like this. You're going to have, you know, so many tons, and you do the cooling load, and, and you do the uh, the pressure drop, and, and you just tell me, you know, what kind of, you know, size piping and size ductwork that you want and, and kind of the, the, the general layout and, and, and start detailing it like that. Because you have this double entry that's going on that this is the efficiency that's being lost. I mean, if you think of a design-build contractors, I mean, this is something that, you know, is right in their wheelhouse. I mean, this is exactly the way they'd, they'd go to, you know, they'd go to, um, they'd go to market because they would eliminate this, you know, this uh, uh, middleman. You know, typically in a design-build, you, you, the engineers take it, you know, put down on drawings just enough information for the contractor to you know feel comfortable with and saying okay yeah you know what I've done this before I, I can take it from here and 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 we have a price that we can agree on or if it's the same shop they just go through and you know and work it out if they have any questions they go to the engineer they figure it out you know so this is more what the the integrated project delivery is going to be you're going to have this engineer doing this high end rough sketch kind of thing you're going to have this detailer actually getting the model building the model and putting it together and then you're going to have the contractor actually building off this highly detailed model i mean there's so many so many different things you know if you if you think about bim and what it's used for you know i think some of the some of the things is uh you know this interference you know they talk about all the time you know, frankly, interference is great but you know what how about the gaps you know in in like a like a building envelope you know you know where where's the uh, you know the missing insulation where you know where where do you account for things that that aren't interfering but are not there you know the detail that just isn't there you know that, that can be all over the place and if you're going to if you're going to rely you know if you're going to say that this is an 100% accurate detail accurate representation of the building um, you're going to have to put a lot more detail into it. And, and frankly, it's not worth it from the designer's standpoint, um, but it is a value to the contractor's standpoint. So there's going to be this, this, interme- you know, this, this, this middle person that, that really is the deta- detailer of, of the process. I mean, that, that's just my, you know, my, my guess, my, my prediction of the future is what, uh, you know, what, what it's really going to hold. So, now we, I think we go to 
uh, you know, we, we're, we've designed we've designed the building, and now we've get into this. Uh, I think what is the most interesting and possibly you know disruptive portion of uh, of BIM. It's it's kind of you know to, up until now the three dimensions you know even the fourth and the fifth dimension there's there's something that you know they're, they're relatively they're they're being applied now um, you know three dimensions clearly fourth and fifth dimensions you know with the the time integration the cost estimation I think they're they're getting involved more and more but now you come into the sixth dimension. You know, and I, I really kind of lump like three different three different groups with this um, sixth dimension. I think you have the commissioning people, I think you have the controls people, and I think you have the facility management people. I mean, these are the actual people that actually make you know the the BIM model you know make it work. You know, you've con- you can construct it great, but if it's rigid, you know, there again, you you, know, you want to be able to pass this information on in a very effective manner. And I think, you know, I mean, when you talk about uh, commissioning, you know, one of, the, one of the parts about commissioning is, is you go in there and you verify that, okay, what the designer wanted is what was submitted, is what was actually installed. And you have this process of verification. Well, you know what? I mean, that, that's taken care of, or holistically, really realistically, that should be taken care of already in the BIM model. The engineer has put in what he wanted. The submittal, maybe the, the the CM puts in what the submittal was, and the uh, the contractor, you know, actually verifies that you know they put it in, you know, they have it ha- had it installed. I mean, there could be big portions of you know pre-functional checklists that just kind of disappear. They they become a, a moot point. I mean, you you go from this this interference type of mentality to to this coordination mentality to make sure there there are no quote-unquote interferences between what the designer uh, designed uh, and put on the drawings and what was actually installed. You know, you could see if the voltage changed along the way and there would be some sort of, you know, flag that would say, hey, wait a minute, you know, what you're, what you're putting, you know, bringing to, the, uh, uh, bringing to the job site is 277 when you wanted 480. You know, so there would be this kind of this, this, this flag already put in place with this information this intelligent object that was put in during design, the information gets up, updated in the submittal, and you know, and and the installation kind of kind of you know cements that and verifies that, you know. So, you know, my question, you know, really is, you know, this is such a game changer for for commissioning. You know, what's going to happen? I mean, technically, you could you could write a script um, for the, uh, the for the controls. And it could, you know, do the functional testing for you. It could actually go through and say, okay, yeah, you know what, you know, based on the sequence of operation, it goes through the paces and it says, yep, it checks out. I mean, it's already, these type of things are already happening. I know I was just sitting down uh, with a Siemens contractor the other day, um, controls contractor, and we went through the VAV boxes through a, a computer program, I, and really, there's nothing with there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you get all the you get all the information that you'd want. What's the minimum? What's the the actual minimum? What's the you know what's the maximum? You know, how's the heating valve doing? Are we getting you know with a discharge air temperature sensor? Are we actually getting the kind of discharge uh, heat that we need off these units? I mean, all this information that you do in testing can be run you know through a computer. You know, obviously, VAV boxes rather simple. But you know what? 
what's the next step? What's preventing, you know, the programmers from programming? Okay, well, we can do the same thing with, uh, you know, um, you know, with all these other devices. You know, I mean, obviously, there's some, you know, you still have some validation with actually watching, you know, valve stroke and, and making sure the dampers, you know, aren't aren't loose. But, you know, this is, again, this is more of an inspection, a third-party inspection, you know, that could easily slip through commissioning agents' hands. I mean, you know, it, when I got into commissioning, people say, well, you know, if if the engineer did what he was supposed to do and the contractor did what they were supposed to do, would you have a job? And I had to look at him. I go, no. You know, frankly, I, I wouldn't have a job. But, you know, there's this gap, you know, of, of the engineer's scope being cut back and cut back and their fees being cut back. So they're doing, you know, as much as they're paid to do, which is less than what it was in the past. And the contractor, I mean, the contractors on the other side, you know, really are losing that, that sense of pride. They're like, you know what? I mean, I need to make a buck. I need to, I need to get the, the job done. And some of them, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, there's even, even contractors out there who would say, you know what? I know this is wrong. They look at the engineer's drawings. I know this is wrong. I'm going to install it this way. Why? Because they're going to have to pay me to change it. Plain and simple as that. You know, so, so, you know, you get this, you get this whole, you know, this, this, this me, me, me attitude as opposed to this team mentality. You know, but the BIM, you know, starts to, starts to bring it all together where you're getting this kind of this, this whole thing, this whole process, construction process working along. And you know what? I mean, the O&M manuals, you know, these, these are gargantuan beasts of, of you know, just you know, paperweights. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, these are atrocious. I mean, how usable are, you know, the construction drawings and, uh, you know, and these, these manuals, these paper manuals after they get delivered? They're, they're not. But BIM has the information in there that if you kind of pull certain data out, you can actually get a pretty good O&M manual electronically. You know, it, 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 and this is something that's very valuable. I mean, can you imagine it? I mean, I, you know, again, I was at the uh, job site the other day, and the, you know, the, the owner go, you know, the, uh, some of the um, uh, facilities guys go, you know what, we're, yeah, we're probably going to go back. We'll get the as-built drawings, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, pencil them up. We'll color them up. So we know exactly if something goes wrong in this area, it, it should be associated with this air handling unit in this system. You know, how quick could that be done in Revit? You know, how, how quick could that be done in BIM to say, okay, you know what, air handler threes, you know, is going to be in blue. Air handler number four is going to be in red. Air handler five is going to be in green. Guess what? You, you got that color coding done. You cut it, print it. Hey, it's already there. You know, it's just it's just amazing what really can be done. But uh, you know, again, if you if you get these programs installed in this in the controls, you know what's what's left for the uh, you know what's left for the uh, uh, commissioning agent? You know, just to verify. You know, couldn't just anybody do that? Couldn't couldn't an owner's rep do that? I mean, I think you really have to think about and be cognizant about what this building information modeling is as things get more and more complicated. Um, obviously, you know, I love complexity because that's, that's really what cause, you know, causes my job. Things become really difficult and it's, it's hard for people to understand. And if you have this consistency from design through construction, I mean, ultimately, you know, you know, would it be a good idea to just, you know, be, you know, real close to BIM and say, Hey, you know what? I'll handle this process for you 
all the way from, from design through construction. I'll make sure that all the information gets in there, all the information and documentation gets put into this BIM model. Ultimately, you know, might that be a commissioning agent's job? Might commissioning turn into you know a BIM authority? So I mean, think about it. It's just that's kind of out of the box, but you know, really, it 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 might you know end up being like that. And really, the only thing that I think about it is um, uh, you know some of some of the biggest issues that we have uh, with software compatibility. I mean, ultimately, that's that's where it's gonna that's where it's gonna stop. I mean, you have all these specialties where you have people with the estimating software, you have people with the drawing software, you have people with the 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 you know the the um, uh, facilities management software, uh, you have people with the commissioning software, you have people with the the project management software and the scheduling software, and all these different softwares all over the place, you know. And I, there are you know a lot of people that are working very hard to come up with this standard of what information, what, what should be, you know, uh, very, uh, you know, uh, um, a, a standard as to what goes into software, what it should be able to do, how it should be able to communicate. You know, if you're talking about like, you know, similar to like the back net or the, the you know, the lawn works or whatever, you know, on the control side. But, you know, ultimately, you know, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take some standardization uh, because otherwise, these proprietary—I mean—and th- these are not these are not cheap software packages. You know, they're very expensive. You know, even even to the fact that I mean, you get into uh, some of the other other uh, details of you know who can afford BIM. But I think that uh, th- that's that's really what it, it you know in the in the uh, uh, in the future it's going to boil down to is you know getting these things to work together. Or somebody's just being this huge disruptor and saying, you know what, I'm going to do it all, and I'm going to do it at a reasonable price, and I don't care about everybody else. And being able to integrate piece by piece and just, you know, stepping forward and gaining, gaining momentum. And the last, uh, I guess the last little thing that I'll talk about is, is more or less you know, you talk about, you know, the big clients versus the small clients. There's so many more small buildings than our build, big buildings. You know, BIM is something that, you know, once people adopt it wholeheartedly, it'll become something that's going to be easy to design a project in BIM. It's going to be, they're going to have everything, everything, you know, figured out. They're going to be able to do their load calcs in BIM. They're going to be able to do, you know, the pressure drops in BIM. It's going to be so much easier if they, if they get the system to work smoothly. Um, but, you know, there again, for even for the smallest projects. But how do you handle that low end? Because, uh, you know, with BIM, if you talk about that sixth dimension with the facility management, yeah, you get to that low end of building. And I mean, I'm, I'm not talking, you know, small building. I'm just talking about, you know, like one-shot deals or even even if you talk about, you know, small uh, municipalities or small school districts where they don't have that that kind of uh, money to throw around to spend, you know, you know $10,000 a year on these software packages to, to maintain this. You know, it's going to be crucial that we get something that's going to be scalable down to a small level, that even the smallest consumer can benefit from that. 
you know, and I, really, I don't see that. I mean, right now, you're talking about these 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 higher ends, these fourth, fifth, and sixth dimensions of BIM, and you're talking about major players. You're talking about people who, you know, charge the $5,000 a seat for a piece of software uh, to really be able to, to handle it. I mean, they can do amazing things. But, you know, Joe Bob down, uh, down at the local school district isn't going to want to hear about, you know, all the fancy bells and whistles. He just wants to know how to take care of his equipment when it's time to do the maintenance and if he can get notified. I mean, there's some basic things that need to happen. You know, and there you get, you know, wh- you know what happens on that low end. You know, you lose some of the, some of the, the customization, the standardization, um, or, you know, who's going to build for that? So that's that's kind of my you know uh, my two cents. Ultimately, it's going to end up, and this is I guess where where it, where it really uh, concerns me is what is going to be the standard of care in the future? You know what is going to what is the industry? What is going to be the standard in the industry? As more and more people uh, do BIM, as more and more people you know perform the building you know, modeling, get the information in there get better and better at this is that going to you know is that going to be the standard of care then i mean in in the legal terms um you know is this something that everybody's going to be held to you know and i guess i i just use that as a fair warning to say hey you know what i you know i know you might not be interested in bim but you you may want to take a step and figure out exactly you know what your career path and how it intersects with BIM and how you might be able to leverage that or use that in the future, you know because it's something that you know you should be able you you should know about, you know it it really is it you know it is the future of you know building, and I you know whether or not you know what exactly it's going to look like in the future I don't know what what are the job descriptions going to be. I don't know how you know AE firms are gonna are gonna actually interact with the contractors and and the CMs. You, you know it's 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 kind of all up in the air. But I think that you should definitely be watching it in the future. So I think that's enough of that. Um, if you liked what you heard, uh, let me know. If you didn't like what I heard. Give me some suggestions. Fill me in. Shoot me an email, matt at buildingx.co. Uh, go to the uh, website, buildingx.co. And uh, if you want a, a piece of the newsletter, I, I kind of sent out some tidbits of, of what you might have missed what you uh, uh, and some other things that uh, I uh, find interesting throughout the month. Publish it monthly. And uh, just kind of give you a little bit, uh, little bit of details, a little bit of nuggets here and there. Uh, not too detailed, but uh, if uh, you're not checking the blog on a regular basis, uh, you might want to you might want to sign up and uh, and get that delivered to you. So uh, otherwise, you can fill you can uh, check me out at uh, on my Twitter feed at Building X, or uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Love to hear from the listeners always, and uh, that's pretty much it. So enjoy your uh, enjoy your week. And uh, we'll talk to you again. So until next time, remember, know what you build and share what you know.